Ok, mes amis, listen to me. It appears a small group of humans will be helping us onto the Ark. Liz started before the animals gasped in fear. Do you want me to chase them, Signora? Eagerly asked Don Pedro. Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. On today's episode, we'll hear Chapter 41 from The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud. We'll make a trip to Jenny's Corner in just a bit. And rumor has it, we may even have a special guest join us today. So, let's get rolling. Here's Max and Liz. Uh, thanks for knowing, sir, lad. And uh, it's uh, not good to spread rumors, lad. Uh, good point. It was just a figure of speech. Je comprends, but the rumors could be idle gossip, you know, just mindless hearsay. Well then, you're right. No more hearsay. Except to say, someone may be here later in the podcast. Someone else here, you say? Yeah, but let's not spread hearsay. Wait, okay, I'm a wee bit confused then. Uh, monsieur does have that kind of effect on people sometimes. Wait, what? It's just best to move on, mon ami. Well, now, Aye. wait a minute. Uh, greetings, lads and lasses. Max here and Liz, as we bring another chapter of the story, I got to say, I remember this were a special day for us then. Oui, you may remember, on our last episode, animals from all over the world were getting settled into the incredible Ark. Aye, all except for us. We were still making our way on the journey, but we knew we were getting close to it. This is true, uh, and one of the best parts of arriving for me was to meet my new friends. Uh, new friends for ye, but for me, it was a grand reunion with me old friends. Hmm. And they were the same friends. Did you figure out who we are talking about? Well, let's not keep you waiting. Let's see if you were right. Part 4. The Hero and the Flood Chapter 41. Reunion The seagulls flew playfully in the sky around the fire cloud, looping up and down and feeling the incredible force that radiated in the air. They were celebrating. After endless weeks of traveling coastlines in search of animals needing transport, Crinan and Bethu were elated. Their mission was complete. They followed the fire cloud that now hovered larger than ever over the ark and were amazed at what they found inside. Crinan and Bethu had seen all manner of creatures since their arrival three days earlier and enjoyed a daily series of miraculous events aboard the ark. They flew up and down the corridors, greeting the animals they had helped from various places around the world so happy that they had arrived safely over the sea to reach the ark. As they watched the stalls transform, the gulls wondered how these animals had brought their habitats with them. They could hardly wait for Max, Kate, and Al to see this gigantic, miraculous ark. And every day the gulls spread the word about Max. Soon all the animals would be able to meet the one whose idea had saved so many of them. Crinan and Bethu still wondered what it could all mean. Animals, birds, and every kind of creeping creature made their way to the ark. Now what? What was the reason the Maker had called the animals here? 
They frequently discussed this mysterious mission on their long flights, but the questions always led to more questions rather than answers. Hopefully, they would know what this was all about soon. Today, the gulls viewed a new parade of animals heading toward the ark. I can't wait to see Max, Kate, and Al, said Bethu excitedly. She missed her friends and wondered how they had fared in their journey here. I can't either, my love. I suppose Max will have many a grand tale to tell us about their travels, and just wait till we tell him how his idea spread around the world to help so many beasties. <laughs> Won't he be surprised then? answered Crinan, scanning the sea of creatures below for any sign of Max. Aye, that he will, dear, but... Bethu answered, suddenly looking sad. I dread telling him the bad news. He'll take it hard. Crinan glanced over at Bethu, a solemn look in his eyes. Aye, it will hit him hard, but maybe his heart will lift when he sees how many creatures he helped. The gull directed his gaze back to the ground below, continuing his search. The ark is getting full. I hope there's room for them when they get here, said Bethu. Don't worry. Why would the maker have them make the long journey only to not have room in the ark? Let's have a closer look to see if they're here, Crinan said. With that, he dove toward the ground and Bethu followed. They swooped down over a crowd of animals when suddenly Bethu spotted Kate. There's Kate. I see her. It looks like she's riding a horse. And there, there's Max walking in front of a big group of animals next to a little black cat. Al! I see Al. He's riding on top of a cow. Bethu was so excited that she flew ahead of Crinan. Wait for me, love. Wait for me, answered Crinan, who was also excited to see their old friends. Bethu landed directly on the horse next to Kate, a huge grin on her face. Kate, you made it. I'm so happy to see you. We've been waiting days for you. Kate was delightfully startled. Oh, Bethu, me sweet bird friend, it's been a long time. The terrier and gull embraced and held on to each other for a moment, filled with gratitude to see the other again. Al saw the two friends hugging and made a huge jump over from Isabella to Pauline to join the embrace, his big paws squeezing them tightly. Top of the morning to you, Bethu. Bethu and Kate exchanged pained looks from Al's tight hug. Uh, hello, Al, dear. Bethu replied when she finally could breathe. Crinan came in for a landing next to Max. Mission accomplished, Max, he said with a grin. Max stopped in the road and slapped Crinan on the back with his burly paw, making a few of Crinan's white feathers fly off. Well, if it isn't me old friend, it's good to see you, laddie. Crinan, staggering from Max's greeting, said, Aye, it's good to see you too. He then spoke to Liz. Excuse me, lass, I'm Crinan. Me wife Bethu is up there with Kate and Al. Ah, oh, we! Oui. But Max has told me so much about you. I am Liz, Lisette Briant. Enchantée, said Liz, coming over to nudge Crinan with her head. She knew how important Crinan and Bethu were to helping Max, Kate, 
and Albert get across the channel by finding Craddock the whale. And she knew of their important mission to help the other animals. She couldn't wait to ask the gulls about their journeys. We met Liz and her friends when we landed in France. And you might say Al were lovestruck the minute he laid eyes on this lass. <laughs> I guess you figured that the maker called animals two by two to follow the fire cloud, Max said, his smile bright to see his old Scottish friend again. His heart felt a twinge of homesickness. How he missed Scotland, the Glen, and, of course, Gilliman. Good for the big orange kitty. He picked a body lass, I must say. I never would have thought he had it in him, said Crinan, winking at Liz. Aye, every creature we helped has a meat. Two by two is how it were. And you won't believe what's inside the ark. Two by two till reach the ark, Liz said, her gaze fixed on the enormous structure in front of them. Liz sat staring at this marvel of man-made construction. She was instantly fascinated and couldn't wait to get inside and explore. She was also relieved. She looked at the animals in their group and announced, Mes amis, we have finally arrived. Our long journey is over. As you can see, the fire cloud has formed in a grand way overhead, and along with the arrival of the hundreds of other animals you see here, we can clearly conclude our destination is this ark. She's a bit of a brainy one then, eh? Crinan whispered to Max. Aye, never could have made it here without this smart lass, Max whispered back. You mean no more walking, no more traveling for days on end, no more scrounging for food, <laughs> no more crossing water? asked Al, bubbling over with relief as he realized their journey was at an end. Oui, at least for the walking and traveling. We will need to see about the food. But I assume there will be some inside, Liz replied, smiling at Al and the others. Aye, you need not worry about food. I never seen so much food. Anything you can imagine is inside that ark, offered Bethu, happy to give good news to everyone. Al and Isabella exchanged looks. Aye, thee, they both said at the same time, their mouths watering at the thought of bountiful food. What about the water then, lass? asked Max, hoping there would be no more water crossing either. Well, we can't rule out water since we are in fact getting ready to board a boat and boats are constructed to float on top of water. Liz replied, matter-of-factly, her logical train of thought rolling off her tongue. Max gulped. But I don't see any water here, and we haven't seen any for miles. Maybe this ark is a land boat. Liz looked at Max with a wrinkled brow. Now that isn't logical, Max. Of course boats are made for water. True, we haven't seen a body of water for miles around, and looking at this structure, I do not see a way to transport this ark to the water. I will need to study this situation further, no? Henriette came flapping down to the ground from Don Pedro's back, with Jacques right behind her. Don't question Madame, Xiong. She knows what she is talking about. Madame, shall we go get on the ark now? I will need to direct this bull so he won't get too excited with so many animals moving about. 
said the bossy hen, glaring back at Don Pedro. Liz looked over the entire area, observing the movement of the animals up a huge ramp into the middle of the ark. Then she spotted them. Humans. The fur along her back rose in alarm. But her mind grew calm as she observed behavior she had not witnessed before with humans. She watched one man gently guide a pair of striped, horse-looking animals up the ramp, softly patting them on the back. She couldn't believe what she saw next. Another man helped two incredibly tall creatures with necks that rose ten feet in the air. These animals must be eighteen feet tall, Liz estimated. One of the creatures appeared to be quite nervous, and Liz observed the human trying to calm the strange brown-patched beast. Two women laughed as they guided a pair of lions and horned beasts into the ark, and another female guided a pair of huge birds up the ramp, the biggest birds that Liz had ever seen. They had encountered some humans after crossing the border from Turkey into Persia, and had found them to be most unkind, just as the turkeys had warned. A group of dirty men had chased Albert around a field and almost caught him before Henriette turned Don Pedro loose to charge the men. For once, the bull's charging came in handy as he snorted and ran after the men, causing them to scream in fear as they ran away. Henriette praised her pupil for saving Al, a welcome response for Don Pedro. Another time, a group of humans tried to capture Giorgio and Pauline, but the horses outran the men. Again, it was fortunate how Giorgio's sleep-running problem actually worked out for their protection, since the humans didn't know how to wake the sleeping horse. There were other human encounters as they neared the ark, and Liz observed that humans always looked angry. Her spine bristled whenever they came near one. The animals had not yet encountered one decent human. Max shared what Gilliman had told him about humans. They are troubled creatures with hard hearts. Be kind to them, Gilliman had instructed. Every human struggles with some sort of pain. While Liz pondered what Gilliman had said, she was still logically concerned. She tried to reason things in her mind. Why would the maker cause the animals to this ark and to the care of humans? Could it be that these humans are different somehow? Suddenly, one of the humans spotted Liz and the others. He had jet black hair and smiled as he looked in their direction. He's smiling, Liz thought. These must be different kinds of humans. I haven't seen a human smile yet. Okay, mes amis, listen to me. It appears a small group of humans will be helping us onto the ark, Liz started before the animals gasped in fear. Do you want me to chase them, Signora? eagerly asked Don Pedro, drawing a look of approval from Henriette. No, Don Pedro, chasing won't be necessary. I've observed these humans, and they are definitely different from ones we previously encountered. It only makes sense that if the maker has called us to them, then they are responsible to provide for our welfare, explained Liz. Oh, the man walking our way looks very nice, said Kate, wagging her tail. She was ever the optimistic one, always happy to meet others and to give them a chance. Oui, but Kate is right. This man does look kind. Do as he instructs and stay close. 
said Liz. Max looked at the man walking toward them and was instantly drawn to him. There was something about this human that made Max feel at ease. He walked toward the animals, arms open in greeting, and a smile on his face. He stopped as he met Max in the road. Well, hello there, little guy. Welcome. Aren't you a nice-looking animal? said Shem as he leaned over to pat Max on the back, then scratched him on the side at his tickle spot. Max rapidly twitched his back leg as a reflex to the scratching, making Shem laugh. It felt good. He liked this human. Uh, where is your mate? Shem said as he looked around before spotting Kate on top of Isabella. Now isn't that something? How did you get up there? He asked as he walked over and gently lifted Kate from Isabella's back, rubbing her fur before putting her on the ground next to Max. Kate wagged her tail excitedly and licked Shem's hand. Shem noticed the seed sack hanging around Isabella's neck that also held Max's reed. Curious, he went to touch it when Liz meowed up at him. Distracted, he directed his attention to the petite cat at his feet. Well, well, and what a beautiful creature you are, Shem said as he picked Liz up to hold her. Liz stared into his eyes, fascinated by this human and the sensation of being lifted into the air. Shem stroked her beautiful soft fur and she purred. She had never experienced this before, and it was obvious that this human hadn't either. Al meowed from below, clearly jealous as he rubbed Shem's legs with his tail. Shem reached over to pet Al. Okay, big guy, I see you too. He stroked Al under the chin, and Al closed his eyes in delight, purring loudly and drooling. Let's see here. Now, I do know what some of you animals are. A bull, a cow, two horses, a hen, and a rooster, said Shem, going over to each one to make physical contact. A touch here, a pet there. Rudy and Rosie flew over to buzz around Shem's head, landing on Giorgio's back. Wow, I've never seen such tiny birds before. Welcome, little ones, Shem said, smiling at the two hummingbirds who shrugged their tiny shoulders as he petted them. Max, Liz, and all the other animals felt immediately comfortable. Yes, this was clearly a different type of human. This one was special. Warm, kind, and inviting. They would be okay under his care. As Shem led the animals to the ramp of the ark, Krynan and Bethu grinned broadly. They weren't going to tell Max and the others about what was happening inside. The surprise was part of the fun. The gulls flew ahead of them and into the ark. They had some announcing to do. Ah, Cranan, me old seagull friend from back home in Scotland. And Cranan's here today, too. <laughs> it's good to see you, laddie. Aye, lad. And Liz, always a grand pleasure to see you, too. Ah, uh, likewise, mon ami. Uh, what brings you here today? Same thing that brings me everywhere. Me wings. <laughs> so you just flew in from Scotland, and boy, are your wings tired, eh? <laughs> Aye, they are. Oh. Uh, anyway, we figured, since you did a reunion story today, we'd pop in and have another one then. Oh, what a lovely surprise. Aye, just like in the story. 
It were a bonny surprise how kind them humans were to us. Aye, the Noah family were a fine lot. <laughs> yeah, Shem were me favourite, though. <laughs> what a good lad he were, then. It was indeed a pleasant surprise, and a pleasant surprise to see you too, Krynen. Uh, but uh, where is your lovely bride, Betu? Me last stopped down to the beach to pick up a few things for dinner. Uh, like what? Oh, a fish or two, maybe a French fry, or a potato chip, or a puffy cheesy doodle, or a half-eaten balloony sandwich. Whatever's been left there, she'll snap it right up. Um, I mean, mm, bon appetit. Oh no, we don't eat the bones. They're bad for you. Aye, lass, I thought you would know that. I did not mean... Being a smart kitty and all, I thought you should surely know that bones are bad for you. No, I I did not mean bones. leave the bones to us doggies then, Liz. We just chew on them. Miss Ami, I was speaking French. Bon appetit is French. Hmm. I never had any French food with bones in them either. Oh, please. Aye. Like one time, we were on the French Riviera. Aye. Oh, now that were some good eating. Oh, I bet only the finest stuff gets dropped in that sand. Aye. Crepes, sets, baguette bits, and cheese. Ah, oh, it's worth a dive for. Get it? It worth a dive for. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was such a fine day out there. Uh, said impossible. <sighs> Anyway, uh, while they head down uh, Memory Lane, why don't we head over to Jenny's Corner for some more intelligent conversation, no? Hello, Miss Jenny. Hey there, Max and Liz, and Crinan, how wonderful to be reunited with you. Well, I am afraid our Scottish lads went down to the beach to find something disgusting to eat, uh, so I will tell them you say hello, but it is great to be reunited with Crinan. You know, it is not an easy time to have reunions, is it? Right. We're in a time where we're separated because of the virus and the lockdown from our family and friends and our schoolmates and our teachers. That's kind of a tough thing right now. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to at least talk to each other by Zoom or FaceTime or Facebook. But I do look forward to that time when I can be with my friends and and you all, my readers, and see you at events. Oh, I look forward to that day, too. So, Miss Jenny, what would be a good way, you think, uh, to make up for all this isolation? In fact, what encourages you? I look forward to notes and correspondence. And so I would encourage you, if there's someone that you're missing, write them a handwritten note. There is nothing like receiving a handwritten note. And trust me, I love to get them from my readers. So I hope you'll drop me a line sometime or send me an email. Oh, très bien. I will make sure Monsieur Announcer gives out your email address before we leave. But Miss Jenny, what reunion do you look forward to most of all? You know, reunions are such a happy thing, aren't they? Oh, oui, mon ami. One of the things that I have the most joy over when I consider heaven is the reunions with those that we loved so dearly on earth and who've gone ahead of us. You may have lost someone that you love, a grandparent or a parent or a sibling or a cousin or a friend, someone you were very sad to lose on this earth. And that is a part of the heartache of living here on earth. But Jesus gives us such wonderful hope for those of us who believe and have accepted him as our Savior. We get to spend eternity 
eternity forever in heaven with other believers. And so I have such hope for when I get to heaven and I am reunited with those that I love who've gone on ahead of me, and to be reunited in a new way with people I've read about, even in books and written about, you know, from the Bible. I get to meet Paul for the first time, and Isaiah, and Noah, and Jesus. How awesome is that going to be? And the promise of heaven is no more goodbyes, no more separation. It will be one big happy reunion, and I look forward to that. Oh, I could not agree more, Miss Jenny. Merci for taking time today to share about reunions. Well, this is all the time we have, so now I need to talk to Monsieur Announcer and remind him to give out Miss Jenny's email so you can also write to her, because she said she likes to get letters, no? Actually, she says she likes to get letters, yes. <laughs> I'm just being a wise guy. Anyway, if you want to write to Miss Jenny, it's real simple. Epic Order of the Seven is the name of her website, so her email is jenny at epicorderoftheseven.com. Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y, at epicorderoftheseven.com. Write to her, drop her an audio message, and who knows, maybe we can get it on one of our podcasts. That'd be cool, huh? Again, jenny at epicorderoftheseven.com. Next time around, Chapter 42 of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud, as we find out that there's someone who has been presented as a hero. And we'll get a hero's welcome on the Ark. Let's see if you can figure out who that might be. Join us next time. Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries. And The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of the Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderoftheseven.com. That's epicorderoftheseven.com. See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us.